0: This is a Save or Die Special Report.
1: This is DM Jim here with a Savor Die Field Report recorded live at the Yukon Game Convention held in Ypsilanti, Michigan the weekend of November 14th through 16th, 2014. The following is the What is the OSR Anyway panel discussion held at that very con. The host of the panel was the head of the OSR track, Ryan Thompson, and the panelists were Tim Snyder of Goblinoid Games, Adam Miskevich from Metal Gods of ur and Doug Kovacs and yours truly for Goodman Games. Enjoy.
2: Throw out a little blurb about uh, sort of what the OSR means to each of us, what exactly it is to each of us, and then we'll go through and take questions and answers, presuming we've got time after we kind of round table it up and argue with each other and you know, get blood on the walls and stuff. We're fighting, right? Oh, I didn't know it was that kind of debate. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was that kind of debate. Well, that's is round they're one. They're bringing the weapons up. That's, so. yeah you have
3: to prove you're right by force of arms <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're we take <laughs> so <yeah. coughs> they've
1: provided these nice white tablecloths to catch all the blood exactly oh, Labyrinth Lord is better than Pathfinder. And anybody who disagrees, I'll take you on one at a time.
0: Whoa, whoa, bringing out the big guns right off the bat.
1: <laughs> um,
4: what's better than Pathfinder? I
5: kid, I kid.
4: I'll just make Well, I think a well, lot. I think
0: most things. <laughs> yeah, little <both> thing. <laughs> It's where your party. Start? It's, your, it's your party. You started. It. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, we're all invited. <laughs> Why do you introduce us? Sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, I expect Kate. First off, we'll start from this end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing <laughs> oh, okay. you. Oh, okay. We'll go back the other way. All right. If I don't put you on the spot, maybe I right. will put you on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I had to go over to We have uh, Tim Snyder, who uh, who runs uh, the Savage Afterworld blog, if you're familiar Hopefully you are. Not lie to him and tell you are, you are anyway. Also the co-author of Cryptworld. Yep. The author of uh <coughs> database supplements for Mutant Future. Mm-hmm. You can buy his stuff downstairs. You should you should buy his stuff downstairs.
3: You should. Let's it's, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I should
0: have I should have brought more stuff down because I, I sold it all out loud today.
3: Uh,
6: really?
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh Well I that's go good. Out? Hey, yeah, congratulations. You yeah, sold out. It's great, yeah. but it's like, oh uh, yeah, I also want that. Seriously? (laughs) Uh, I mean, yay, but I should have
2: packed a lot more. Up next in our lineup, we have Doug Kovacs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, It's me. (laughs) As I I termed him and sold the con on him being kind of our main guest of honor in this particular track, the way that I sold him is he is the face of Dungeon Crawl Classics. Not my art, his art. What you're seeing every time.
3: Although every time, time you look at a wizard up. inside, you're probably looking at
0: kind of Doug anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. use a yeah. yeah. A lot of nodding going on that one.
6: Everything is a self-portrait. They say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they do
6: say, especially that. the sexy ladies. <laughs>
3: That's very much a self-portrait. <laughs> and the cat knees.
6: The cat knees. Whatever. Cat
3: knees. Total self-portrait. All self-portraits. Yep.
6: Spiritual.
2: Next up we have Jim Wampler of uh, both uh, the Spellburn and Safer Die podcasts. Also this weekend we have some uh, demos of we're allowed to talk about this since you're running it, right?
6: Mutant Crawl Classics. Yeah, the catalog,
1: you've got to be able to talk about it. That'd well, be two, yeah, two yeah, play test that's
6: all we do is talk about it.
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 two play tests of a game called Mutant Crawl Classics RPG.
2: I believe that they're actually both sold out, but I'm not 100% sure on that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if you've either played DCC or Gamma World, this is your game.
2: Excellent. All right. <laughs> Adam Moscovich of the Dispatches from the
1: Kekasistan oh,
2: blog, and the Metal Gods of ur Haddad Zine. All right. If, if you don't things. have those, you
1: can buy those. They're, <laughs> <at> the <United laughs> Games. They're, well they're pretty awesome. The theme there is three things that are hard to pronounce. Yeah, there there you go. Hmm.
2: (coughs) So now I'm going to be a jerk, and I am going to start this thing off with 10, because because if I finish, he's not here to jump to. All right. That's my excuse. All right, (laughs) ask your question. Uh, The question is, same (coughs) as everybody else here, Mm -hmm. what what does the OSR, uh, what does that mean to you? What do you see it as being?
0: That's like the hot-button topic right now. You ask a good question, Ryan. I've given that some thought and some consideration. <laughs> All right. The The definition of the OSR is something that has been fought about. Uh, hell, most people can't even decide what the R stands for. This is true. <laughs> uh, but, so, you know, so the, the question is kind of one of those open-ended kind of personal things. So I guess, you know, my definition of the OSR varies from a lot of other people's. A lot of people see the OSR as being fairly classic Dungeon Dragons 3d6 based. I mean, or at least that's the impression that people get. Um, I don't see it as being that um, because that was not the games I played growing up. I mean, I played AD&D like everybody else, but that wasn't really the games that I focused upon. So the games that I was playing uh, back in the 80s would have been Paranoia, uh, Traveler, uh, the Pacesetter system, none of which even remotely resembles 3D6 D&D fantasy. Uh, But the first two words in old school renaissance or or revival or whatever they'll say are old school. So for me, 1984 is old school. Therefore, games that have that kind of play style that kind of attitude. Uh, that is what. It, that is how I envision it. So a lot of people see the things that I do and they kind of equate me with being like running an old school blog. But if you look at my blog, I've never she written a, no a word about Dungeons Dragons ever. Uh, it's been Mutant Future, which is a game that's been out recently. Comparably speaking, uh, I've written a lot about the pay setter system, which, granted, is from the 1984, but it is also not your classically envisioned thing. <clears throat> so, if I can be viewed as being old school OSR and not having addressed any of the typical stuff of that genre, that means that well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't have it. You know, well,
3: it is saying that basically, you know, you can't just tie it down to one rule system. You, right? cannot, you I mean, cannot. You absolutely
0: cannot. You absolutely cannot. The three rule systems that I just mentioned, as for me, when you weren't here, and it was a great. It's okay. It was a great point. I'm sure we should have been here. But uh, but I uh, wanted to. Par- paranoia, traveler, and the paysetter system. Uh, hell, I'll throw in uh, Marvel superhero, the oh, yeah. paysetter system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and none of those. You know, all of those are different genres. All of them are different rule sets. But yeah. all of them, in my view, are OSR. So to summarize what I was saying, um, I, like to, I like to define the OSR the same way I define pornography. <laughs> and that is that I don't know what um. it is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> all right. And he's addicted to both.
6: And I love both. Yeah. <laughs> about erotic literature? Do you like that?
0: No pictures, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Doug, I'd
6: like oh. your opinion now. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> <clears throat> what is the OSR? Yeah, for you. yeah. yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jeff D in Texas, and he told me the division between new school and old school is a skill system in a game. I'm just telling you what he told me so I can talk and you can listen to me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really care about a definition of old school Renaissance to tell you the truth, or uh, revival or resurrection, whatever the fuck they are is gonna be, or OS can be what? Oversized Renaissance or yeah. I, I, I like we you know when you see it, but like I don't even care that, what what we call it. I mean I, I just did something? I mean, full disclosure. I worked on Fourth Edition D D for Hasbro, so I mean, whoever's paying me, I guess. But um, but I did not love Fourth Edition D <laughs> so I guess that means I mean something. That's that's true too. I'm not just making that up. Um, I um, so anyway. Jeff Deed said skill system, but that would make. That would, that, make, like, that would make mechanoids and everything Palladium every did not old school, not yeah. old school. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's old well, it would school. That Trave- it it
3: would make Traveler not old school. That would Tam- make Traveller. you know RuneQuest not old school. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much. I mean, everything that isn't directly D anD D. Yeah. You know. So
6: it's, it's. I think I like the idea that it's uh, hard to define, and we pretty much everybody can insist and argue that they got their definition, but. If everybody's equally wrong, then, <laughs> then everybody's right. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's like an unasked a question kind of question. Like, I get, I would say, who cares? But I guess you guys all you, care. <laughs> <do you laughs> Showed up, up, but like, you know. But well, yeah. do you
3: think that like just asking the question means whatever answer you're going to give is going to be kind of at least kind of wrong?
6: I think it, it, it like you said, it, it, it has to do with people's right. experiences, right. and it has mm-hmm. to do with people who have been playing role-playing games or D&D for their most of their lives or most of their adult lives. I mean, I started when I was 10, so and, and I didn't, just because a large corporation puts out versions of a game, uh, doesn't necessarily change the game I want to play in my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. Like what isn't uh, we're going to talk about what old school art isn't art isn't I could say two things for DCC it's it's not anime not remotely anime uh, maybe Speed Racer <laughs> can't <referenced>. we'll <laughs> maybe that. We'll that. Um, or that other robot thing that I don't uh, know the name of that's Akeman
1: uh, these guys know
6: I'll ask them when I need it yep. um, and yeah, it's not digital art which a lot of OSR artists seem to disagree with me on that because they don't actually know how to paint and all they can do is <laughs> digital art so anyway we'll leave it at that.
3: That's Doug's um, old school Boom! You know, it's got to have a freaking brush <laughs> mic. doesn't count.
6: I did do uh, the chain, uh, full disclosure again <laughs> <laughs> I did do for the first time for the Chain Coffin Kickstarter for the additional maps I did the entire all the maps in Photoshop. What? So, yeah, well, I did draw it and then scan it <laughs> in and put it together, so technically it's not
0: oh. Photoshop,
6: because that would give me a headache. But uh, That's the first time in DCC I don't have originals for the maps. I just broke that to Mike Curtis, and he, he was crying. So
3: That'd be funny. Yeah, I'd love to see Mike Curtis cry. He crying. cried a little
6: bit. That <laughs> big, deep-booming
3: voice, you know, giant guy. Yeah. Huge he's like voice. a yeah. trike.
6: He's sensitive. <laughs> Very sensitive. So... Ask Jim.
1: Tag. Jim knows. About, about what Michael Curtis's voice sounds
0: like. No, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. What is OSR? You, you have means? been uh, webbed for five hours, and uh, you're now suffering 10 disapproval. That is uncanny. Okay. Thank you. That's
1: very <laughs> I have to stop doing it, because it pisses him off.
0: Oh. No, 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 no. Um, I
1: think I have a meaningful answer for this, because hmm. any any creative work that appears in a series, it's not just a single, discrete work, like... Uh, takes things we're familiar with, Star Trek and Star Wars. As time goes by and the series progresses, it becomes more and more self-referential. Star Trek started out being a show that wanted to do social commentary and action adventure through a sci-fi set of tropes. And the longer Star Trek was on, the more Star Trek became about Star Trek. And I think role-playing games are just like that. So it's about how close a game or a system is to the primary sources of inspiration. Gygax and Arneson started with the appendix in literature fantasy literature and science fiction literature. so, so od and is very much based on those primary literary sources and a whole host of other things like John Peterson wrote about other games that happened before then so the rest of it is just slider bars on a sound bar, on a soundboard. you know rules light crunchy you know ascending descending armor class uh, a really lethal system versus something you can just you know play and enjoy, humor, it's all just slider bars that we could all sit around and try and figure out where the exact boundary is between this and that. But uh, if it's just really inspired by the original literature and the original things, the closer to it, the more it tends to be old school. Hmm. I mean, there was a point in my life where I thought AD&D was rules light because I was 18 when I learned the system and had it all hardwired in my head. I know those spells inside out. So it is rules rules-like to me, but
0: oh, yeah?
1: but you look back at that book, it's not rules like Not a chance. And we didn't use ninety five percent of the Dungeon Master's Guide when we played first edition AD. Didn't use encumbrance.
0: Nope. No. Do no.
3: you so, see that uh, that like I don't know, it's like a five or six page PDF flowchart of how to run first edition combat by the book? Oh, the initiative was, order alone will kill you. I mean, it was, it was seriously like five, six pages of just, this is, you know, if but you are doing it The point was
6: nobody does that.
3: Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, but that's the, the point be, of, ma- of even making the thing, you know, is to, you know, demonstrate that, you know, but, but nobody does like it. But it's kind of like the
6: is, rule system is is like, it's like a tree. You can't see the whole thing at once, or a sculpture. You, yeah. You can only see, like, where a, you're looking at, yeah. Yeah, it's too complicated. You you only use part of it, you know. Am I getting abstract? Go
1: ahead. I think you are getting slightly <laughs> abstract. That's okay. We expect that. This is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the fantasy literature thing, and that applies to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Gameworld from Something, and uh, Metamorphosis right, Alpha from those science fiction books. Yep. I mean, the Road Warrior movies came out, and Game World started getting more Road Warrior. So it just—it's it, it, it's a progressive thing, and it—and it's natural. It just happens. I mean, Fifth Edition is not old school because Fifth Edition is about uh, being <coughs> different from Fourth Edition. And first second and third just got more and more complicated and we talk a lot about D&D but I don't I don't mean to just focus on that it's just OD&D is the mothership every mm-hmm. game that came after OD&D <clears throat> references it either by being the same as or different from
6: is magic old-school yet <laughs> Does it, to me
1: no but to somebody who's like 30 it sure is they
6: noticed- Jam is on the classic rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't it like, yeah, eventually everything. That's what makes cool, it, right? this,
1: this is what st- starts the online debates is it's like everybody's favorite doctor is the first, tends to be the first doctor who they saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so that's Tom Baker for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same way with games. We all imprint on that very first game that gave us that virgin My experience. My little wife back there would like to
3: disagree with you.
1: <laughs> i think
6: Tom Baker fan you.
1: But that was not her first doctor.
6: Yeah.
1: Well in general. I'm just speaking generally. She's a Break Your Rules, rules Jim. Jim. I mean I think <laughs> I'm getting off topic she Peter Capaldi rules. rules. Isn't that old school? What? Isn't that old school? What? So Jim's rules. Yeah,
3: breaking Jim's rules is old school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well actually, actually that that, so. that actually gets me on to my point. And yeah. um, for me it's it's I, I really actually like what you said. Yeah. I, I dig that um, the, uh, the, the the nearness to the uh, to the that which it's referencing, you know that makes a lot of sense. Um, for me, though, I have to say that uh, a lot of times it's more about the perspective of the game itself um, and uh, the experience of running it. And I, I, I guess part of this is that I'm a little bit influenced by Matt Finch's, you know, that old school primer thing. Um, I'm sure we've all. Read that at some point or another. Uh, and I will be one of those people who will say, you know, rulings, not rules, is the way to go. I think that that is a core difference um, in, in when things move away from old schooliness. The more rules rather than rulings, and I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, that, that it has to have a, an absolute ton of rules, but the more things that are covered by the rules, I feel actually like that tends to remove a game from its old schooliness. I totally agree with you. But... Right. Um, so I think a lot of that, uh, it's, it's, a, it's about the logic behind the game in some ways. Now, that having been said, I think that there's a degree to which um, you know, a lot of these story games get back to that kind of logic, but they're totally not OSR, right? Um, you know, I, I like Dungeon World. I like Dungeon World a lot. I think it uses that same kind of logic where um, we're, we're, we're more about the rulings than the rules, and just because it's not in the book doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So I think there's there's something else there that I don't have an answer for, <laughs> you know, like there's they're moving back towards the rulings rather than rules spectrum, uh, as as the games industry has done again at least in the indie sphere. Uh, now, how do we distinguish that from the old school stuff that's you know, obviously very different from it? And I think the way that I've come to understand that is that the difference is uh, in a lot of old school games there. Is a degree of objectivity behind the rules um, and behind the way that things are often designed. Rarely do we go into, um, say, we go say it's a dungeon crawl. Rarely do we go into the dungeon crawl and not know, and the DM doesn't know what's in each room. You know, sure, it happens sometimes. There are random encounters. (laughs) There's some stuff, but there are mechanisms for that. Rarely when someone is running a session of chill do they not know, you know, what the actual monster is, right? Um, or at least what the what the overall outline of, you know, the the uh, the monster's modus operandi is going to be. Uh, same thing's true in, like, Call of Cthulhu. You have an idea of, like, this objective reality of the, the uh, scenario that's playing out. I think that that's, um, those two things together, a... Uh, an objective existence of things within the rules and still relying on rulings rather than just the rules to tell that story for me that's really the the core of what makes um, you know OSR style games OSR style games that's why something like Dungeon Crawl Classics which is totally not you know an actual you know uh, it's not a retro clone it doesn't have any direct reference to you know um, you know the uh, any or anything tying it to like an older edition of any game uh, that's why it for me um, manages that because it has a good balance
1: of those of those things does that make sense it makes sense because the reason why it does that is uh, Joseph Goodman made a conscious effort to go back to the appendix and literature I'm saying we're both right
3: <laughs> no, uh, you're right I mean it is inspired by that stuff we are both and, right yeah uh, so do. <laughs> right, exactly. That's and all wrong. We're all right. So, but I, I know my answer's probably a little more nebulous and weird than theirs. But uh, it it's it, it's like a two like a two axis thing for me. You know, it's got it's got to hit these two things in just the right way, and then it's then that's the, as close as it's going to come. Um, I got excited about getting the James Bond 007 Q manual here. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever read 007. It has is the one of the first games that has like that I can recall ever reading that had like definite story gamey elements in it, you know, uh, like rules for dynamic rules for chases, stuff like that. Uh, but those are things that exist objectively <laughs> in the rules, independent of um, you know the DM or whatever they call them in that game, uh, deciding that they're there or not. So that's the way I look at. it. Sorry, I dead in the room. That wasn't nearly funny enough. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don. <laughs> Don Stroud, ladies
6: and gentlemen. That's a very thoughtful answer and I really liked it. Thank you.
3: Oh, and uh, I'm very yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered a lot of things with me, like, I like things that cause dissonance. And there's that weird, there's this point that I think the OSR exists between, you know, like, needing to make rulings, like I've said, and that actually, like having things exist objectively in the rules. There's this bizarre dissonant, like, stasis that it gets held in. This, this, you know, like, like magnets floating, you know, repelling each other just right, you know. And it, it hovers there. And if you go too much one way, it fails one way, and you know, go the other, it fails that way. So that's it's that dissonance
2: that I enjoy. I think. Sorry, Ryan, it's your turn. You say stuff. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I've got to say, I, I, I agree with Tim a lot, and I agree with what you're saying a whole lot. Uh, and, and getting into what you're talking about uh, with, with, with rulings, not rules, um, even getting into the, the, the older rule sets that were a little bit heavier handed with rules, looking at a heavy handed rule set from, say, 1984, and a heavy handed rule set that came out last year, there's a dynamic difference there. <coughs> in what you can make your ruling on. Um, There's looking at Chaosium RuneQuest as so so many of us have have been been doing right now. (laughs) So that's my example. Yeah. Uh, Second edition, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that you could technically strip out of there and still have the core of that game run well. Mm -hmm. While looking at something uh, that's modern that definitely uh, taking something like Pathfinder or 3rd edition D&D or something to that effect, there are a lot of extras in there, uh, like, uh, like the mechanic for skills. I could not strip that out and have that, work, that system work very well, because there are classes that require on that extra mechanic within the game to make them work out. Um, and what you get when you look at something older, and let's use AD&D as the sample here, uh, comparing, say, a third edition or Pathfinder or roguelike character, you need to have this extra mechanic of skills for that character to operate. Where that character in the older versions had a set of skills, but it was built into the character itself. So stripping <coughs> out skills that came around and proficiencies, say, on Arthur canna <laughs> will not break down AD and D so it doesn't function. Stripping out that skill set uh, from something like Pathfinder makes you have to rule the crap out of a whole lot of other stuff in that game to make it work, or just say, well, rogues and other classes that are skill-based in this don't exist in my game because I don't want to use that skill-based rule set anymore. Um, and so that uh, that's a part of where I see the rulings as rulings, not rules, to be in effect. You're basically saying like modularity of content um, is is the key. That's a large part of it because we still made it. it, it, Like Jim said, AD and D was not really a rules like game. (laughs) <laughs> but we ma- a lot of us made, made it, it a yeah, rules-like yeah. game without breaking the
1: hell out of that game so it didn't function properly. Well, there isn't anything more old school than taking the rules as written and hacking them to hell and back yeah. yourself and for it, your own group. That's a part where I see a massive,
2: uh, a massive difference between a modern rule set and an old school rule set. Because most of the modern rule sets, like my Pathfinder example, have things ingrained in them. Where it's really hard to rule that out without coming up with a whole new rule set
1: to replace the vast majority of the mechanics of the game. It. it almost sounds like you're saying what you're saying is that you can't take a modern rule set and run the game old school. It's difficult. Dem's mm. fighting words. No,
2: uh, well, it, they haven't can brought you? the weapons up yet, so they can't be fighting words. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Still waiting. Um, what do you think? Can can
2: you do that?
1: I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I can do
2: it. I don't know if I can do it. Um,
6: what, what if you took Pathfinder and got okay. rid of all the Wayne Reynolds art and replaced it, replaced it with Earl Otis and just ran the same game? Would it be old school then? Damn. No, that's
2: a great idea. No. Well,
3: then I'd say, hey,
6: yeah, it'd be fine for me. I, mean, <laughs> I
3: just look better, really, is all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Doug would ignore the rules anyway, so I mean, it doesn't the yeah. I mean,
6: rules I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, do count if I just completely ignore them? <laughs> it's hard for me to have this conversation because there's so much I don't care about, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, just tell me. I think I can, I can explain it because... Um, I started in 79 with Holmes and some college kids that were graduating from the Brown books to they would gotten the Monster Manual. Those okay. books were just coming out. They are the ones who taught me to play. And then we started our own little campaign with Holmes and went straight to the first edition AD&D. That group played uh, continually for 15 or 18 years. Enough for, you know, no screwing around or fudging. I think one of my guys survived all the way up to being a 20-something magic user. Um, and then second edition came out and we bought all the books and just kept playing there was no concept of editions then these were just the new books to use but we were still playing the same game and pretty much still running the same way i mean we got some new monsters out of second edition was the impact it had on the campaign uh, which which i'm not saying any of this is right or wrong this is just the experience we had and the same thing happened with third edition when it first came out we were still just playing D&D to us we didn't sweat it about whether you know it was first edition AD and d or were we playing basic D&D? We were just playing.
3: But that's unbalanced. That's an unbalanced approach and that wouldn't fly today. I'm just making <laughs> fun of you. No. Uh, it, no, I did the same
1: thing. That's I mean, why I couldn't no, parse that into I know. something that made sense. I know,
3: that right? was, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's exactly, I mean, I think I, would, I think I'm not really going too far on a limb When I say that folks who are interested In this kind of conversation are probably folks who had a similar Experience to that, right? I mean uh, I, When I was a kid I didn't understand The difference between Palladium fantasy and D&D I mean, we, we, we Just grab
7: it and play it
3: Exactly, right? You just throw it all together Like, oh, well I'm going to use a ranger A D&D ranger and, you know A Palladium uh, Diabolist mm-hmm.
1: in the same freaking thing Because we, we didn't really care About, the, about any difference, you know? Um, I'm sh- I've never played Pathfinder Ever in my life <laughs> And I am 100% certain You could run Pathfinder old school the, I think There's a way to do it You could run the game old school I mean, school, halfway I through the dungeon When half the party wipes Okay, that's no longer <laughs> Traditional Pathfinder, right? Yeah <laughs> that's,
3: that's a fact <laughs> Running the game in the way that it's, that it's run today Is, you know Is obviously very different You know, like if we went to go Talk to those Pathfinder Society guys Down there They'd probably say that you know they. I'm, I'm sure they have their own choice words for what we, you know, the, you know, the way we game. Uh, I got in an argument with one of the dudes from Warriors Three earlier today. Uh, uh, the dude with the chops. Oh, the built. Yeah, and uh, and it was it was really disappointing. It was basically he didn't like Dark Sun because he didn't want to have to replace his sword ever. Oh. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, that's like such a minor detail. Does like, can you not take defeat I that much that you don't want ever to. want to replace a freak... Like, you don't... That, that's obviously a campaign mm-hmm. element. Yeah. You don't want to deal with that? It was really... So what does that mean? Huh? The, the obsidian weapons in Dark Sun, or bone weapons in Dark Sun. He didn't ever want to replace his obsidian sword, with or, you know, he didn't want to have to deal with that in-game. It is such Did, a... you like
6: also have not liked uh, Yellow Ochre? Oak- I'm sure he the would color. not have liked yellow, yellow yeah, ochre. The the color the paintings are in yeah. yellow ochre. If you don't like yellow ochre, you wouldn't like Dark Sun, right? <laughs> that's, that's uh, no, he's right. Yeah, that's you're absolutely correct, Doug, yeah. It okay. might be bird sienna sometimes, but, hey, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Not me, I'm colorblind. Uh, well, that's... It's, it's I mean, yellow.
1: Oh, it's yellow. What you're talking about is why these things turn into knife fights online. Yeah. When the When the truth is, it's just a playstyle choice. And I've got no dog in that hunt. If you and your group like a playstyle that works like
6: Pathfinder... What if it bores the hell out of
1: you? The reason reason it bores the hell out of guys like you and and me...
6: Do you make it interesting? It's
1: playstyle and human psychology. The reason it bores the hell out of guys like you and me is because old school, the higher lethality, the way the rule system mechanics work is higher risk and higher reward. And you're gonna and 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 less of an attachment to this one individual character, and uh, that's an old school quality on yeah. my checklist. Is uh, a greater emphasis on the campaign versus the individual character. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, if that's what you like to play, then that's great. And if you want to go the other way, I don't care. Well,
3: and I think like, that that, that gives rise to, that difference of perspective gives rise to some of these other, you know, like the the fiddly bits uh, differences. Like when we talk about, oh, an extensive skill system, oh, an extensive feat system. If you're going to spend two hours making a character, you're going to be attached to that character and not expect it to die right away, right? I mean... Whereas well, unless if you go team. to the purple sorcerer, you know zero level funnel generator, kick out like six pages worth of zero levels for DCC. Yeah, I don't right. care, kill him. You unless
0: you're playing Traveler and you just die during. Yeah, but that's yeah. an experience <laughs> in and
3: of itself, man. That's <laughs> worth having.
0: <laughs> well, right. we've all done that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's it was <laughs> great, I mean, You remember that,
3: and you you know it's yeah. ah, it's a beautiful thing. This
0: was the most awesome character play. i never got to play. We
8: were just my game group the other night. We were remembering. Oh God, I remember classic
6: Traveler? I don't problem. No I
8: think that's just perfect. Can I uh, say something? Yeah, come on. You yeah. know, it's interesting that you guys are really against Pathfinder so much, right? I'm a guy who...
1: I just said the opposite defends, of that. I'm fine with it. I'm
8: a guy who defends new school stuff to old school people and old school stuff to new school people.
2: We need more people like you. It's a peace Yeah, <laughs> thank you.
8: But a lot of these new school people, they, they lump in Pathfinder you guys with you. With us? They have, yes, see? Like what? old school people. They think Pathfinder is like an old-fashioned broken down games. Well, are you talking like mostly like indie gamers, story
3: gamers, not stuff just like that? Not
8: indie or? gamers, but people who are like in the fourth edition, indie, yeah. and like uh, other types, types of games like that. Well, so like yeah. board games, got it.
3: Okay. I'm kidding, yeah. kidding, sorry, that's just... Yeah. Well, I bet, uh, I'm joking, I I I so,
8: Joke away, I'm not...
3: Also, funny, <laughs> I'm not <must> <laughs> well, fun from... Well, it's, it's, it's a game. Oh, like, you and I were talking <laughs> downstairs, you know, I ran, I ran fourth edition for years, and um, the... Uh, Trying to make it be old school and still within the scope of its own rules was very difficult for me. I couldn't uh, provide a reasonable challenge within the scope of the rules.
6: That's what we were trying to do with Goodman Games 4th edition. Uh, I worked on all the, the interiors for all the 4th edition Goodman Games DCC modules. And it was this constant, like, you want to have Lankmar, but you got to have a Dragon Man there. So the aesthetics. <laughs> Aesthetics kind of get ruined because there's not even elves in Langmar, you know? Yeah. Um, and when some weird-ass humanoid shows up, it's got to be a woman with invisible skin, and you can see her bones. And, you know, yeah. the ghouls? Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it's see, my game an, an aesthetic thing. Like, yeah. it seemed like maybe I I the, the, the new school stuff pushed against the aesthetics that uh, we wanted to go for. I'm just... Talking
8: about well,
6: new school like, stuff, like new
3: school 70 has, I'd say it has its own appendix in Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, what it's is rough, that? It's rough,
1: like, yeah, it's okay, all, all right, great. Let's hear it. What is it? I can't even yeah. think of any. World of Warcraft, it. right? I'd say World of oh, Warcraft. Oh, Warcraft. Oh, yeah, I, I,
7: that's yeah, some anime. Yes, that, some, an some anime. Simple and simple looks kind of over sexualized, or whether it be female or male and um lawyerish and what i mean by that is it seems to me that the rules for what i'm presuming most people in this room are and most people in general are considering new school versus old school is We've become a very lawyer conscious society you look at everything and it says you know we may get hurt if you do this that or the other thing or whatever we do we think about the lawyers you know how will the lawyers react and in ad and first edition or in traveler the First couple of things, a traveler. I don't know about traveler three, four, or five. Oh, we don't talk about traveler five. Um, <laughs> no, uh, And I don't know about paranoia, though I've always wanted to play it. But if you look at aftermath or Bushido, you see a game that you have two books, one book, two books, three books for AD and D first edition, right? The DMG, the players' guide, and monster manual one. And you have this whole rest of the room of interpretation if you play tunnels and trolls there's a ton of interpretation in there how is your group going to do it now you have to have seven or eight books you can look up for eighty percent ninety percent of all the possible outcomes and point to a rule and there are people who sit and look at it and will point out that you're wrong and it drives personally me it drives me crazy well, I, I wouldn't say that r-
3: rules layering is a new thing. I mean, it's obviously been around for ages. I mean, it's I mean, I mean, going back to like like people getting issues of the strategic review and finding you know Gygax's, you know uh, answers to questions. Um, it's it's and, and it probably even goes back you know into the the, the games that inspired d and d in the how first many place. People you know, did that?
7: How many people sat and got all those things and didn't listen to the DM? Well. When the DM made a ruling, and said, "This is how I
6: want to play. I don't care." There's, a, there's a difference this between how... talking about gaming and gaming. Yeah. And like a lot of the stuff that you hear, that criticism of the rules is just talking about gaming. But when you're actually playing the game, the criticism of the rules can't becomes happen. actually a
3: criticism of the DM. DM in a lot of reasons, maybe you
6: know? I don't know, but you you <laughs> can't do it if you're also playing the game. Then the game breaks down to. Argument about the rules, and you're not playing the game anymore, right?
1: So let me take a spin at, at this gentleman's point because I think it goes back to where we started. Um, what Fourth Edition is great about, and I didn't mean it as a as a cut that it was World of Warcraft, <coughs> in but you've got character classes that are absolutely mathematically precisely um, balanced mm-hmm. with each other. Yes, that, World of Warcraft is built that way. Fourth Edition D and D is built that way. I mean. There is no question in AD&D, OD&D, uh, first level fighter versus a first level magic user, the magic user is going down. Um, when they well, get to 10th depends level... Depends on the saving throw. There. <laughs> There's a
8: couple classes <clears throat> in later
1: stuff so that are not balanced. So, Rune Priest. Yeah. yeah. Or uh,
6: I think Vampire is poorly
1: balanced. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. Well, when you express a generality, there are always going to be exceptions. Exactly. But, but just to
7: clarify,
1: and, 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 and if... My nep- we played fourth edition D and D, and it took four hours to kill four kobolds and drove me insane. My nephews, who were all in their teens, loved the game and played it uh, until just recently. The fifth edition came out. Now they've hopped on that, and they love it because I mean they were twelve years old when World of Warcraft came out, and they loved that. And there's nothing wrong with that. They like the very
7: specificness of it. It's comforting to them. I can doesn't that, that actually makes me worry
3: a bit, you know, because like. We all... I mean, we got into RPGs because it was, you know, basically let's play pretend, but now we've got cool swords and there's some rules behind it, right? I mean, it's it's like the raw force of imagination that goes into the gaming in the first place. Um, a little... I kind of worry about... Uh, like, the folks who have everything pre-programmed for them, you know, they have balance pre-programmed for them, they have every answer in some book somewhere, and, you know, they get taught that that's the right way to game. This is just me being reactionary about it. This isn't like, I've actually had any experience with somebody who feels that way, or who acts that way. Um, but, that, that is, to me, why, you know, keeping a lot of the old stuff alive, and, and letting people know that it exists, and then, you know, like, even, even stuff that isn't old, that feels old.
6: This guy wants to respond to you.
3: Hey, this guy I couldn't see before, what's up?
5: So that,
3: <laughs> it, Sorry, it strikes to me,
6: just
5: as, as a pattern in a lot of things here, that I do wonder how much, you know, when we're talking about the effects of rules, yeah. as opposed to, you know, types of players, how much of this is a sort of self-selection element, that it seems to me, you know, if you look at how the, how OSR people, you know, who were actually there at the time, which I wasn't, for example, right. tend to describe... Early D and D, and how Forge, you know, that sort of indie games community people who were there at the time describe early D and D, and how people who were there at the time and then moved on to other editions of D and D describe early D and D. They're very <coughs> different pictures, and I wonder how much of that is basically that people who had that that people's What people went on to do, whether they kept playing old D&D or shifted to new D&D or went off in wacky new directions, may be a large consequence of how their gaming groups worked when they were getting into the hobby. Mm -hmm. That like the thing about you know how much rules lawyering was there as opposed to just shutting up and listening to the DM. <laughs> I think I think yeah, the answer almost has to be yeah. it varies yeah. intensely based on group mm-hmm. and the people who have the most arguments based on imprecise rules are the least likely to say yes, rulings <laughs> not rules is awesome.
0: Actually, that I'm just kind of shooting in the dark here, but I think that you might be touching on something, and I think that we all might be kind of talking about kind of something similar. Uh, you know, we've mentioned rules not ruling as being, or excuse me, rulings not rules, as being kind of a driving force. Uh, we've also kind of been talking about, you know, balance and unbalanced versus overbalance. Um, so how about something like this, that something that might define... Uh, the OSR attitude uh, is one of fairness or a lack thereof. When I was gaming back in the day and when I game now, uh, if there is a role that goes badly, uh, you know, and if the player says, oh, well, that's not fair, I'm the DM, I don't care. As opposed to, oh, that's not fair. Okay, well, what would be fair? How can we fix this? You as a player have input on how to change this to benefit you, and I think a lot of modern games kind of introduce that kind of player. Help me out with the word gratification. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so you know, so I think that might be because okay. For example, uh, DCC, which we've kind of you know agreed upon that that it's very old school in attitude. Uh, is is it still it, got what mechanism? Yeah. Is it a is it a, but is, yeah but is it a is it a fair game? No, I have been horribly mangled playing that game. Oh, disagree, disagree.
3: I think that's
1: perfectly fair. You're <laughs> just, you're, yeah, exactly, you're, you're <laughs> only telling one side of the story. DCC is a swingy game, and it can swing for you just as far as it can swing absolutely. against you. But when it swings absolutely. against
0: you, bam! Absolutely, absolutely. But but if but if I disagreed. With the randomness, if I if I one oh oh you're just leaping on the edge of your chair yeah
3: because actually DCC includes a couple of mitigation uh, uh, randomness mitigation mechanisms True. that actually are more new school you've got the uh, the, the spell burn mechanic. Yes. You've got. <laughs> you,
1: can, uh, you can break
3: an adventure with that. I've done it. You've, you've got, I've uh, seen it happen. There's there's the luck burn mechanic. I, yep. mean, that, uh, I mean that's just two things. And, and you know, uh, veteran,
6: exactly. invoking patron is there's is
3: the all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and so I, I do think that that has. I, I think even then, like having some kind of breaks on the uh, that really puts a break on the swinginess. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
6: yeah, I had what had more what does fair mean? Do like you, well, you, you, no you feel like you're being cheated? I'm not 100. Well, well, what <laughs> I, was, I was, something trying, was promised and not given. To you.
0: <laughs> like, it's Christmas all right? the time. I
1: was going to say, did you not get the pony?
0: I mean, no, I, no, I, don't, <laughs>
1: I don't care. I don't care what game you're playing. If the if the DM goes rock falls on you, you die. No save. That's not. A happy experience for you it's at that not DM. It's not fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not.
0: It's not fun. It might not, be though, It's well, not fun. Know. It's not fair. But I'm saying that those kinds of things happened regularly in in old school games that I've played. Okay. Uh, as opposed to giving the players some degree of balance to try to okay. correct that, so it wasn't necessarily as fun. This guy's going to respond to
1: you. I want to jump in real quick. That, um, player agency. Encouraging player agency. agency the word is good DMing down. and squashing it is bad DMing. Whatever yes. game you're playing. Yeah. Yes. No, it's
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing in my game, aren't you? <laughs> Tomorrow. Well, not anymore.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to say that there's a misconception that i want on some people that like indie gamers, story games that they hate D and it's not. I don't think it's really true. <laughs> uh, if you go in like the story games. Website, they talk non-stop about, like, back meeting, BX, things like that. And, you know, they, they, they like it. I think a lot of them are we're turned off by, like, the more crunchiness of the later editions as well. And, like, the favorite OFSR stuff of, like, the indie people, in my opinion, I think it's, like, Kevin Crawford stuff. Like, Stars on Number, or something yeah, stuff yeah. Like, stuff like that. And, uh, I don't know, I, I can't really say off the top of my head, like, what... Well, appeal to somebody more into like uh, the narrative mm-hmm. aspects of,
3: role of playing, But I, I just well, I, 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 do think that there's you know uh, systems that have you know a, a wide berth for interpretation, like your, you know, your more rules light, you know, game systems. They do have obviously more appeal for you know uh, story gamers as well as you know, the, the, um, I mean, whoever you know, um, Adam Coble, right? Uh, writer of Dungeon World. He's a big deal. He loves DCC. I mean, he, you know, uh, he, does Sejal Torre as well?
8: I'm not sure if he's mentioned DCC,
3: but I know he's talked like
6: about... <coughs> Adam said that positivity. he ran uh, the Transylvania Adventures game for yeah. a year. Yeah.
8: Um, hmm. Well, and, you know,
3: we've all played with him at so Gen Con, you know, DCC, DCC with him at Gen Con, and, you know, it's... Well, okay, maybe not all. I don't know, Doug and I have, but,
6: yeah.
3: It's, uh... And so... I think there is a recognition that, yeah, that that there is some common ground, there's more common ground now than there used to be. I think that there's there's also folks on both sides of the aisle who uh, just really fan flames. I mean, uh, we were kind of basically, uh, slightly touched on the topic of the RPG pundit downstairs earlier. Uh, That guy isn't doing anybody any favors, you know? the the way he refers to story gamers is is entirely disrespectful. It's yeah. it's awful. Um, nobody, you know, uh, we really shouldn't be looking at it like, well, you, you know these games just categorically suck and the people who play them are idiots and they shouldn't you know, we should we don't have anything to learn from them. If somebody's, you know, flat out saying, I don't have anything to learn from this game system, this style of play, these people who are playing it, that guy's really That's making it. a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I mean he, yeah, is selling himself short, selling the industry short, you know, and, and this guy's, you know, apparently widely read, you know? To me, the well, audience is, like,
4: forms like, uh, a few
3: times, uh, and
4: most I would say is, they're all a bunch of nutters. <laughs> you know, they're...
5: Like, clinically paranoid. The thing with the whole swine thing is, it's not just these people are idiots, it's these people are deliberately designing games that are not fun in order to drive all decent and sane people Out of the hobby So that they can get an elitist thrill Out of being yeah. the only yeah. ones left the is, has
1: what's, said what's, is insane about that This is in what's insane here. about that <laughs> approach yeah. The yeah. truth yeah. is We live in the greatest time Of all human yeah. history Absolutely. This moment right now <laughs> I mean what we're, we're here having this discussion Has all been enabled by technology. Before print-on-demand, before email, before the internet, this OSR renaissance couldn't have existed. Now, it doesn't matter what style of game you want, you can easily play it. I mean, if you could have described the world we live in today to my 18-year-old self in 1979, it would have sounded like Star Trek. You know, yeah. iPads and the internet. You to have the, Any you know, game, I mean, it was it, or it was drive fifty miles to it. another town <laughs> to go to the game store and hope they had the version of the D and D book you wanted on the shelf, mm-hmm. and maybe run into some kids at the library that you could get a group together with. And now we have all hey. this stuff. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it really is. And I I started playing in '74,
4: mm-hmm. and I remember mm-hmm. the old D and D white box set. You know, you got it and. There was some dice in it, and the three booklets. The
1: crown. Yeah. And without somebody who already knew how to play good luck to yeah. You. yeah. Oh,
4: God. <laughs> yeah. I well, the reason I got it was when my dad got it for me. I was in bed with an injury, a pretty severe one. My dad got it for me, so I had something to wrap my mind around so I wouldn't drive my poor mother nuts. <laughs> and I, I think it's true with every new edition that comes out. There are people that like it, and there are people that don't. My cousin. He just loves fourth edition. Me, not so much. Uh, You know, I... I like what's going on at Goblin Point Games, and they bought back Wizards World.
6: Yeah.
4: That's a great game. It's a little bit heavy on the math and record-keeping, but I like
8: it. You know, the O.S.R. reminds me, in some ways, of old... People are like old comics. You know, at one point, it was impossible to get, like, reprints of old stuff. You'd, like, dig through boxes. Yeah. And now it's just... You can go to the store and pick up, like... Your omnibus edition of, uh, like, the first 60 issues of Thor. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, you know? And, like, it's like that, too, because when something is gone, I and mean, it was so influential, people start making up things about it. Like, with D&D, like, there's was, uh, old... Sorry. There was, like, a uh, narrative that We've old D&D now. was just, yeah. was just bad. do not right. if that's actually oh, No, yeah. I'm right here. It was, old D&D is bad and, and broken down and stuff, and now that it's, like, coming back, people see, you know, maybe that's not true. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I I really uh I was
3: really surprised when I just finally I mean, being someone who got into gaming with the Mensa Redbox, I was really surprised the first time I got I read O D and D. Not because it was illegible. Uh, but um,
1: Tim Cast swears on a stack of Bibles that to a miniatures war gamer at that time, I'm that positive that was sure, a perfectly legible yeah. rule set.
3: Yeah,
6: I'll bet I bet it mean, was.
1: And it's bullshit. He's wrong. <laughs> you
6: know,
3: and you go back and you look at it, and, and just from a rules perspective, man, that was robust. I could get so much gaming out of that. I feel like I could have gotten more gaming out of OD&D than I ever got out of AD&D because of the you know the simplicity of the system. Um so you're right. I mean, I'm glad that this stuff is out there and, you know, digitally now we can, you know, like look back and, you know, see all this stuff that we might have missed because I've never, you know, un- un- until my 30s, I don't think I ever actually saw a white box, you know, um, and so I, of course I never read it. It wasn't until, you know, uh, until it was available on a PDF or something like that that um, I could see it, you know, and now um, it, not only do we have the benefit of being able to look back, but we have the benefit
8: of Ease of creation of new stuff, Plus, you know, uh, the ability to cherry pick. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're saying you don't, you're not just bound to the latest, or like, you know, you're not bound. Yeah, you're not bound to the latest, and you can, you can, if you want, you could play like, I don't know, uh, you could play like, uh, like you said, chill. <laughs> Someone would be like, why would you do that when you can play like uh, Tulu, or why would you do that when you can play like? Uh, um, Monster Hearts or some new game. Tremulous, like yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's an option. You can do mm. whatever you want. is definitely a good. Well,
3: it, uh, Jim's, Jim's phrase in Embarrassment of Riches, I think, is very accurate, very apt. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's it's all there.
1: You want to play OD&D and, right and not have to deal with those rules? There's like three, four retro clones of it where the rules are perfectly clear. Yeah. And you Absolutely. can have that experience. Delving
3: Please. Deeper, my quick plug for Delving Deeper. Oh, 74 white box
7: retro clone completely legible. Um, uh, I think uh, the OSR is more kind of like a mentality yeah. really because yeah. I mean it's more about experimentation whereas like a lot of newer systems everybody like whether you're a DM or you're a uh, uh, player you've got very clearly defined roles and that's it. You just kind of fall along at least that's the that way they kind of push you yeah. in that way. Whereas the old school kind of mentality on it is like, try different things. Take rules from here, take rules from there. And if it doesn't exist it already, if it, you can't find the thing you like, make it. it. Exactly, you make it exactly. yourself. Or if you want to try something crazy with your character there, you could probably do it. And the DM makes that rule. It's not hard-coded in the book. Yep. You're know, it's you not getting beat over the head with a book. I you love agree.
1: DCC, but my favorite game was Gamma World. You know? Hmm.
0: Well, that's <laughs> just what is just together. <laughs> and, and the moment, and the moment you do create that new rule set of that new supplement, you can click right here, and it's shared with everybody Absolutely. in this room and across the planet. Yep. For free. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Very, very much. The is very much community driven as opposed to corporate driven. Yeah.
3: Well, I think a lot of that has to do with like the, the, the folks who kept it alive in the meantime, right? I mean, it uh, it was a labor of love and you know, uh, from a group of folks who basically, you've got the industry against you at this point, right? Where are you looking at? Not now, but then. <laughs> I was out of gaming for like 15 years. I'm sorry. You weren't there. You weren't helping us out. That's right. I think <laughs> trying, we're, we're you're,
6: <laughs> to stick with it over a long period of time, you can't count on the corporations being with nope. you the whole time through. At some point, you go into the darkness. It's like if history has you know. taught us anything. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. Don't count on the corporations.
7: So,
0: where's, Ideal, where's the old, uh, old school whatever going? Is it
6: going? I see a lot, of, I see it seems to be even more publishing than it was five years ago. Old school ago. Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. so old I it kind of already is, isn't it? Yeah. I just played I some old school it. necromunda. See, that's, see, that's I I
1: great. It. That means we're like the board. The longer we live, the more stuff we sweep up under the
6: old school. More more the old. Old, uh,
8: all the darkest stuff? The classics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what OSR should do. Right? To take something they said was dead, it's gone, we're not supporting it anymore. Yep. And it's, people are into it still. And they're like, for the 20th anniversary, it's all coming back now. That is... And, uh, it's interesting that, and that those games, that they were accused of, like, killing old-school style at the time, like, the early 90s. Car Wars is even
7: coming back.
2: That's only because those guys did real well, bringing back Ogre for a minute, so. <laughs> I've got it. Right. So I think that somebody's actually running over. Yeah. Really? Are yeah. yeah. we
3: running over. Yeah. over it's
8: over it's
2: over or or running in downstairs. In supposed to be sleeping. a 7 o'clock What that? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
8: are you uh, oh. oh. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. We're
3: supposed to be running a game at 7 o'clock? Yes. Yeah, so it's I was started. actually about to stop. Yeah, we're going to stop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: we got to stop <laughs> this. But... Uh, that's up to you. You're the only thing running at seven o'clock tonight in this room. Sweet. Yeah. I'll you guys I'm, totally I'm, I'm at eight. Doug's no, at eight. I'm going to another. Everything else starts at eight. <laughs> ah. He started at seven because he wanted to be fucking difficult.
6: <laughs> I didn't schedule me. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to give me a break,
2: right? Is that what it was?
6: Yeah, I get a break. You get a break. Yeah.
2: Okay. You don't. Right. Get over there. I haven't had a break since like ten o'clock.
1: Except to so come down by that crap an Quit whining. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, wrap um, <laughs> this, this thing up. This is old school. Yeah. I need to go get a smoke, so let's end this. Yeah. <laughs> Actually,
0: that's very old school. I think that's a good one.
1: That
0: was a good point for a
1: break.
3: Well, thanks for listening we to us have... babble for <laughs> an hour. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> your, your
2: attention span is I, excellent. I would like <laughs> to say that uh, we, we have done pretty well this con at getting a lot of people registered for the old school games. We're probably going to be invited back to do this again next year, to so tell people about it. We'll be starting with announcements far earlier. The con is going to be planning far, uh, much farther ahead than this con normally plans. Um, in that respect, I've already been talking to them about uh, expanding what will be encompassed in the OSR track next year. So we're going to be allowing all kinds of other old school games. So I just want to make this thing explode. What about uh, something old school using uh, like a newer system? We have allowed that. In fact, uh, Shane Harsh has Ghost Tower of Inverness on 5E this weekend. Oh, yeah. We did not incorporate that as the old school because the con staff decided that since there was actually, by the time that we hit our stride with everybody that was uh, requesting to run OSR games here, Uh, We outnumbered what was being done on 5e, so they slated that strictly as a 5e game, even though it's actually the Ghost Tower converted over to 5e, Um, and he does a really good job of converting things, if you ever get to play in one of his conversions, I actually played Ghost Tower last year with him on Fate, of all things, which was real odd. Yeah, it didn't. It was very strange and it, it didn't feel like the at all. That's besides the point. <laughs> I all know right. this, but so. okay.
3: Well, I've tried. I've tried to run a
2: game here, man. You guys <laughs> for me. We're done.
1: Oh, I didn't play game,
2: man. Oh, you're in this game. I'm um, in this. <laughs> game
3: <laughs> This has been a Save or Die special report.